Welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and this week I have a great guest with me. It's Chris Fresh. How are you going, Chris? Uh, hello there, everyone. Uh, Catherine wasn't sure whether to call me Fresh or Chris. I'll go by <laughs> both. But the, the best is uh, Catherine and I have been talking for a little bit and she went to give me the talk that almost every podcast that has me on gives me, and rightfully so, um, if you've ever heard Geek Dudes in we're okay with swearing or we're not okay with swearing but really the c-bomb is the one that's a big no-no and the funny thing is when i'm on other people's shows i don't know if it's a politeness thing or whatever i tend not to swear like it's um, I remember when I did um, Star Wars Spelt Out, I think Josh was swearing more than I was <laughs> on the episode. It's like potty mouth, I'm Chapman. Um, and yeah, I think people, I, I don't blame them, like expect me to get on there and swear up a storm, but um, I guess I've created a bit of a brand with that. But um, you're safe. I will not pass wind, Catherine. I will not swear. <laughs> um, I save all those treats for my own podcast. Um, and I always remind people, I do another podcast called Hey, Hey, It's the Podcast. I don't swear at all on that. <laughs> like, not not a word. Um, I, w- I would never desecrate the legacy of Daryl Summers in such a way. Oh. It was funny, I was at a live podcast yesterday, um, Don't You Know Who I Am, and Hey Hey Saturday came up and they were trying to remember, you know, the female hosts mm. and and I was like, oh, I should know this because of Hey Hey, it's, a po- it's the podcast. Um, so we would have had Jackie McDonald. Yep. We would have had Jo Beth Taylor. Oh, no, they forgot Jo Beth. Oh, they did. Um, yeah. And I think we had Lavinia Nixon. Yeah, they yep. mentioned Lavinia and Was Denise Pe- Drysdale. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Ding Dong. Um, yep. And did Penny Dennison get a go in the end? That name sounds familiar and I wouldn't know but, uh, yeah, where from. Well, we're, for those that don't know what Catherine and I are talking about, completely <laughs> baffled. Um, Hey, Hey, It's Saturday was a long-standing variety show on a Saturday night. Um, people think Saturday Night Live, but it's actually not like Saturday Night Live. No. It's um, very different. Uh, picture a Saturday morning kids cartoon show, which it was, transported to a Saturday <laughs> evening and becoming an entertainment variety show. And um, it ran from the 70s and finished in at the end of 1999. Um, so it had a really long shelf life on television and I do a podcast recapping it um, and we're doing the year 1996 at the moment so um, I sort of went for the mid 90s because that's where the Catherine's of my vintage um, yeah. that's sort of our teen years it's where you fondly remember perhaps your first crush you know getting into music you know like life really starts growing and developing and sparking at that time so even though I don't think I had that great of a life at that time I've got a lot of fond memories from that time so um, we sort of started with 1994 we've gone through 95 and we're now in 96 which for me was year 12. Yeah it was funny on the um, podcast you know they were trying they had Randy the puppet on Mm -hmm. um, Randy felt face so and then, of course, Aussie Ostrich came up and they were trying to explain to the the young person on the mm. podcast that 
yes, this show had an ostrich, a duck, but only one female. <laughs> it was a different time. Yep. That, that's what I always say with um, Hey, Hey, it's Saturday, but drives people crazy. Um, was, but it's the only way you can describe it in for us to recap Hey, Hey, it's Saturday. Obviously, we will hold them to accountable when things are really bad, you know. Mm. Um, but things like predominantly all men and one female and stuff. Welcome to television in the eighties yeah. and nineties and stuff. I'm not. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's the way it was. Yeah. Um, and things have changed. Um, probably not enough, but um, things definitely have changed. <laughs> the problem where I have so, Hey Hey Saturday in the middle of it had a gong show variety show and an X Factor style um, Australia's Got Talent it, sort of talent show. That's. That's putting a very high bar. Listen. Lower. Yep. Lower. Think of the auditions that don't make it through that they show as a joke. Slightly below them. uh, Yes. Is is usually the quality that we get. And you'd have Red Simons, who was a guitarist in Skyhooks, and he was the mean judge that sat at the end. And then whoever was guesting on Hey Hey It's Saturday, or sometimes people would just come in to be a judge on Red Faces, two other judges would join. Now, I can handle red faces and their bad acts. That's fine. If only they'd just tone down the blackface acts just a little bit. In yep. Now, Hey Hey It's Saturday would return for some specials at a regular run in 2009 and famously had a horrible incident on red faces where um, there was blackface and Harry Connick Jr. rightfully called them out on it not being cool. And I was thinking to myself, how often could that have possibly happened on Red Faces back in the day? Yeah. Lots. <laughs> oh. Is, is the answer. Um, oh, dear. In fact, the last episode we reviewed, um, the winning act <laughs> uh, was a blackface act complete with an NBA basketballer, African-American there, oh. giving it a nine and saying he loved it. And <laughs> I was just like, what am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is this? This is and but um without getting too heavy, you know, this is the systematic problem that Australia Australia is still facing to this very day. In it was just like it just is like yeah. you didn't think about it. You know, as kids, we would have been sitting there probably laughing along with the rest of Australia. You know, having a yeah. good time of it, and it it just it wasn't. <sighs> I'm not saying it's right, but it wasn't considered to be done mean-spirited. Yeah. And, but that's not an excuse. Um, no. But, yeah, I tell you, Catherine, it makes for some interesting uh, <laughs> interesting <laughs> episodes to review. Like um, we've got a group chat between Jonesy and Mitch, my other hosts on the show, and sometimes Jonesy usually watches it a couple of times because he'll grab audio clips from the episode or screen grabs and stuff. And sometimes I'll just get a message in all caps, we have blackface. <laughs> <laughs> just as a warning, which um, gets me ready to prepare to go, oh, like, for heaven's sakes, hey, hey. Um, or Australia. Like, it's not just hey, hey, it's Saturday. It's Australia's comfortableness with it. And it's like, stop being okay with this. Yes. Like, it's, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how we got off on that tangent. Um, it's not very <laughs> geeky. Um, but, yeah, it, 
hey hey it's today is something else and yeah I, I i couldn't imagine a young person being able to get their heads around it because no like when when we were watching it if you that's where celebrities if like just say and we'll get to this later just say elizabeth olsen was out to promote wandavision hmm. she would be on hey hey it's saturday She'd yeah. probably be a judge on Red Faces uh, going, <laughs> what, what on earth is happening? Um, you know, if there was a big movie coming out, they'd be promoting it. Like, yeah. and they did. Like, yeah. Hey Hey at Saturday, there were only three commercial stations and two other stations on Australian TV. Yeah. The internet, what, you couldn't watch video on the internet. Uh, no. Take you 15 minutes to load a page of text. <laughs> um, this is where you went to see everything. If you wanted to hear bands come out and play, like if a band came out and they were promoting a new single, this is where you would be on. So uh, it makes me sound so ancient. I hate talking like this, but to explain to a young person, this is how you got content, they, they, yeah. they couldn't understand it. Yeah, it's one of those weird things of, yeah, that was the show on Australian television. If you wanted to promote a song, a movie, a television show, it was the only way. Mm. And, yes, it was. And looking back, you go, well, how did that happen? You know, obviously, yeah, having only five channels total helps. Yeah. Um, so not a lot of competition there. And no, um, I don't. I don't think um, Saturday night games in the footy were really a big deal um, at that point. Like AFL, uh, I don't, can't speak for the rugby, um, but with the AFL, Sunday and Saturday day games were still the big, yeah, the, the big ticket of doing football. And Friday night football had started to take off. So Saturday night football wasn't a huge thing. So hey, Saturday didn't have sport competition. Where now on a Saturday night, um, it's all about foot, footy. Yeah. Well, you think it was on Channel 9, which to my mind, that's what the NRL, the rugby, is on. Mm. And yet it was on, yeah, that 6.30 to 8.30 time slot every Saturday. So, Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It wasn't there. I, 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 but maybe, um, maybe uh, Scarlet Witch Wanda can create a scenario where there's a Hey Hey at Saturday episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, where, Look, where, who, I don't know who be, Vision would be the sidekick, so he'd, <laughs> he could be the Aussie ostrich sitting on the desk. But he'd have to wear a Daryl jumper. Hmm. He, he'd have to. Um. Oh, God. Well, we've already got a bird yeah. wandering around in WandaVision, so that's actually perfect, <laughs> perfect for Hey Hey at Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, so we're three visions, three visions, <laughs> three episodes into WandaVision mm. and it's, in a way, an unspoilable show, at least for the first, especially those first two episodes, because what could you say that was a spoiler? There was nothing. It was pretty – I still don't really know what's going on. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that, Catherine, because I love this show. Um, I People are so impatient and it's like a sort of 
I don't understand this immediately, so this show must be dumb. And it's like, no. like <laughs> They're telling you a story and taking you on a journey. And I love the slow burn of this. I love the weekly drop. Um, the three episodes we've gotten so far, I have adored. The one thing I don't know is because we've been talking about young people wouldn't understand Hey Hey It's Saturday. We were probably the last generation in Australia, at least, to grow up where you still watched Bewitched or you still watched, you know, a 70s sitcom or a 50s sitcom. You know, they were still shown on TV. Um, And so it felt like childhood to me when I'm watching. It was like, ah, yeah, I could watch this. But if you were born in the year 2000, you're about to celebrate your 21st birthday, (laughs) 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 Um, which is distressing to me. But um, so I don't know what really young people would feel about this because they don't have the connection of what the show is trying to do. Yeah, because to to hear like Americans talking about it, they talk about the Nick at Night. Um, that's how they got exposed to these sitcoms but would yeah those younger kids even kids well you know younger people even have that nick at night experience Mm. you know would would they have been watching those syndicated shows you know on tv you know after six o'clock whatever because yeah like those a lot of those shows like bewitched um brady bunch they were on in the afternoon when you got home from school yeah. and you just chuck them on. Like things or, like Mr. Ed where, you know, it's just wacky that, you know, yeah. they're, they're going out, they're dealing with the boss coming home to dinner and Mr. Ed's <laughs> a talking horse is <laughs> like going to come in here and <laughs> they're tr- trying to interrupt things, you know. it's um, I'm hoping WandaVision gets to a point where there's an elf episode. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and they're constantly trying to hide an alien in the house. Um, Why is talking alien? Um, sorry, Catherine, yeah. to you and your cat. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, the, the thing what gets me is the episodes also have such tension in them yes. because of the slight cracks that appear. And to mm. me, that's masterful. Like, it's like, what was that? You know, when in episode three, and spoiler alert to anybody that hasn't watched yeah. it, um, you get that slight glitch. And at first I'm like, oh, what's happened? Like I thought yeah. it was my internet or something, like when the glitch happened. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, no, the scenario has changed because Vision's questioning what's going on. So yeah. what do you think, Catherine? Let's get into some theories <laughs> um, where it's almost oh. impossible to have theories on a show that's given us so little. Is Wanda in control of the scenarios that are happening or is she trapped? To me, it sort of feels like there's almost a bit of both, Mm. that she is in a state of psychosis or something is going on, but that the military forces that we then see in Mm. Episode 3 have trapped her within this scenario to try to, you know, harmless, you know, quote unquote harmlessly, you know, work something out or but yeah, I don't I don't know. I think on their part, dropping the first two episodes at once 
was a really smart idea because there was really nothing in those two episodes or in episode three we got a bit more. Mm. So I think dropping the first two on the one night was was good because there was enough to go, oh, okay, uh, you know, I'll give it one more chance and now we've got that little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I love the weekly drop because then you can th- yeah, think about it, discuss it for a week. And I think there can be a lot to really go through and find with this shows like WandaVision because obviously I love all the sitcom references but then there's lots and lots of little, little references that I don't always get and then mm. I watch a video like by the Sith list or something and they can, you know, quote something you go, oh, okay, yeah. that sounds cool. Like the, like the sword logo or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so it definitely feels like swords either trying to hold her back or protect they're protecting something in regards to her um it because we've also heard people calling out to her so maybe she's in a state that's threatening the world they're trying to get through to her while protecting the world from her um it's sort of where i was and I don't know what I'm talking about at all, but that's what I felt like uh, with the big reveal of um, I can't remember the, late, the character's name who gets thrown out. Uh, um, she calls herself Geraldine, mm, but, but she's ex- from Captain Marvel. Yeah, she's Monica. Yeah. She's the um, you know younger. She's the child in in Captain Marvel, but she's yeah so Monica. Yeah, yeah. So Catherine, you'd probably remember this better than me. Did Wanda has Wanda dropped the accent for this show, or did the accent go in the movies? The accent went in the movies. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was it, it was there in yeah Age of Ultron, which I've only watched the once. I am planning yeah, to watch it again. Not my favorite Avengers movie. I just I saw it in three D, mm. and that was just yes, yeah, so off putting to to see it that way and it's not a great one and yeah so the whole thing yeah. just put me off um yeah from memory yeah she's being accentless <laughs> I, was, I was like because i can't remember because there's so many marvel movies it's a lot to take in and i don't get a chance to re-watch movies as much as i'd like and it was like did she drop the accent in the movies or, <laughs> or, or is this a sitcom thing that she doesn't have the accent because she's in an American sitcom? Um, yeah. oh, well, look, it, it saves a lot of hassle having, <laughs> having, her, um, having her drop it. Um, yeah, I, I'm all in on this and yeah. we've got no idea where it's going. It's, we're going to get little bits and pieces. Uh, there's a lot of talk that it's going to go into – Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm. which is still quite a ways away. Um, yeah. Um, I think they had a um, movie release schedule for Disney in the last few days, but um, I can't remember. It's one of those things. It's all a bit of a shifting schedule now. Mm. It'll come out when it comes out. Well, speaking of dodgy accent, I, I love Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch. But his Stephen Strange accent. Ooh. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> not my, not my, yeah. not my favorite. Like that dude is one of my favorite actors. But um, that's funny. Doctor Strange was really disappointing for me because um, mm-hmm. there's an animated Doctor Strange movie which is fantastic, and I felt the animated Doctor Strange movie did a better job than what the actual cinematic movie did. But I like, mm-hmm. I like the character. Yeah. Yeah. It'll. Yeah, American accent coming out of Benedict Cumberbatch's mouth, just it feels wrong. Mm. Um, I liked Doctor Strange in that it was so weird. I mean, obviously I haven't, I'm not deeply into the into the lore um, and haven't seen all those other movies and things, but I liked that it was so different from all the other Marvel movies that while there's a, a big fight, quote unquote, at the end. It's not a bash em up fight. It's it's magics. So it's and you know the the scenes where they're bending time and having all the mm. the buildings bend like so. It was really different visually, and so you can definitely see how Wanda will could fit into into that. Um, well, maybe, and I love. Uh, well, I was going to say maybe. Um... Doctor Strange is the only one that can sort of get in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he made the portals mm. that that people love. Um, I love Elizabeth Ol- Olsen in this role. She's being able to do the two, like the screwball, you know, sitcom acting and deliver all of that and then just at that, just flick all to that very threatening, you know, powerful person and just switch between the two but Paul Bettany I have never seen Paul Bettany in a comedy role Mm. so he's doing really well he's got that British charm where you could have pictured him in the 70s and 80s British sitcoms Um, he he would have um, fit in perfectly as like the handsome guy working in the department store and are you being served or something Um, but yeah I, I think both of them are just amazing. Like they both draw you in and watching and essentially while there are some good supporting cast members with them, it is so driven by wonder and vision Yeah, that they just carry it effortlessly that those episodes could go an extra 15, 20 minutes to sort of be our, our esque episodes. And I wouldn't be bothered by it in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like that they cast Deborah Jo Rupp, who's, of course, very well known for that 70s show and appearances in Friends and other, mm. and other sitcoms. So she's a very established sitcom actress. So to get her in there, it's like, okay, we know you, but then she's, you know, in that dining room scene, like, stop it, mm. stop it, stop it. And, yeah, so it's it's really good. I mean... Obviously, I want the Olsen twins. Can we get them in? <laughs> if I couldn't get them in Fuller House, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that um, they're going to get them in there. Um, it's like, like it's almost like the Olsen twins combined to form Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels like. She's a super version of both both Olsen twins. Um, but, yeah, I I just can't. 
I can't believe Marvel were brave enough to make this their first TV show on Disney Plus because yeah. it would be easy to go Loki or yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier and people go, oh yeah, superhero stuff like this is cool or, or cool supervillain stuff. This is awesome, but to sort of go. A slightly Twin Peaksy-ish, um, weird, yeah. creepy vibe. Um, WandaVision as your first show. Like I love that they've done it. Yeah, and yeah, you think Wanda and Vision in the Marvel movies aren't your top tier characters like like Loki, like Winter Soldier. I mean, yes, Winter Soldier and Falcon they're sort of supporting Captain America, but they're pretty prestige mm. characters in, in those movies, but Wanda and, and Vision haven't been. They're not top-tier Avenger characters, and yet they've yet come out leading the charge. Marvel's prepared to, to be weird. I think they're more prepared to take risks mm. in some ways. But, yeah, they and they could have come out with, you know, a – Another show, you think, well, Daredevil's not yet available, but it'd be soon available to them. You know, yeah, they could have made more Daredevil, yeah. like you, like we've got on Netflix. You, you, like me, like Daredevil, Catherine? Yes. Um, and there's a lot of talk about Charlie Cox being in Spider-Man, which is awesome because he is fantastic as Daredevil. Mm. But I would love in Spider-Man for Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin to show up. Um, He's amazing in that role. He is. Like, like season two is the weak season of Daredevil. Um, Like, I didn't mind some of the ninja stuff, but, you know, season one and season three are definitely good and coincidentally both D'Onofrio seasons. Um, he is amazing, but I really hope he gets another go. But I'm wondering that we're talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and WandaVision and how what's Wanda going to do, blah, blah, blah. Maybe the reason the Spider-Verse thing happens is because of Wanda. Yeah. Uh, which is so, like, amazingly cool. Yeah, and I wouldn't put it past Marvel to be thinking, you know, that – four-dimensional, that three-dimensional chess type mm. of thing of we'll plant seeds here and it'll pay off in something way down the track mm. because they've they've really been amazing at yeah, building up this world. It started with Iron Man and, and from there they just kept building and they didn't have the idea of making a whole universe then. Mm. But they saw the potential and so they put Nick Fury in and then they slowly but surely built it up and, you know, the pin board with the red strings. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like it's – and I know people are sceptical of it or have a bit of fatigue with it in terms of the the movies are a bit formulaic at times, you know, but it undoubtedly worked and – you, you can't question the investment that they could f- pay off everything in a two-part 
like yeah event <laughs> that they are the biggest movies of all time yeah like they've made is it the 23 movies i think it is are considered part of the mcu hmm. 23 movies yeah it's crazy it's and they've had maybe one really noticeable oh no two noticeable um Actor changes, if you consider Edward Norton swapping yep. out for, and um, and Don Cheadle's coming in for Terence Howard, both perfectly fine with those changes. Yeah, and yeah, they've had the internal you know, timeline and everything. And Iron Man at the time was not your top tier, well known Marvel character. No, and like for me. I was excited about Iron Man only because I think it was only a season like in the mid-90s, Cheese TV used to show an Iron Man cartoon. Cheese TV. (laughs) That was really good. And I was like, I remember liking that character and he was an alcoholic and all of that sort of stuff. So that had me excited. But it doesn't take much to, like, you tell me a Marvel movie's coming out, you know, I'm going to go see it. I I even stupidly go see DC movies when they come out. (laughs) Um, although Wonder Woman I watched at home. Um, I wasn't I wasn't as silly as some, Catherine. <laughs> um, oh. But, yeah, what a mess. But um, And that's the thing. Like, we can criticise Marvel, but look at DC that can't do it. As much as it pains me to say it, and trust me, it hurts as I'm about to say this, Star Wars couldn't do it. You know, they, yeah. they couldn't cohesively pull off the sequel trilogy, right? They didn't. No. Like I like I like plenty of a sequel trilogy, but I'm just saying it wasn't a cohesive trilogy. And no. as much as I like Solo personally, that was meant to go into a Marvel like building universe and it didn't. It didn't get out of the gate. And so this is not an easy thing to do. It's why Kevin Feige is held in high regard um with what he does because and I, I think whenever you do something creative and it's it's embarrassing to try and equate it, but like it, on the tiniest level, like in wrestling, one of the things I can do is I can come in and sort of put a steady hand on something and go be patient. We're going to do this. It's going to take this amount of time. Just trust me. Number one, yeah. it's really hard to get that trust <laughs> like, like <laughs> it, you have to have a lot of it work for people to then go okay we're going to trust you to do that but i couldn't even comprehend it on a hollywood level to have the power to be able to come in and go come on let like trust me this is going to work so yeah. m- my advice would be somebody like Zack snyder that's not who you trust like he, no. you, you handed him a universe and it failed. You know, Joss Whedon, not someone who you trust. You know, he's a bump. It, um, he's a bit of a bump in the Marvel universe. You know, like the first Avengers movie, thumbs up. The Age of Ultron, yeah. no. Um, Justice League, whatever happened there, whether you blame him or not, like Ray Fisher's claims, and which are pretty disturbing. Um, you know, Joss is not somebody that you can go to. You know, it's um, 
maybe they just need to start thinking out of the box. You know, I didn't know who Kevin Feige was before the Marvel Universe. Maybe I should. Maybe if I research him, yeah. oh, he did this and did that. But, you know, you know what females are out there that can do this, you know, like the, I, th- I think things like Star Wars and DC need to let go of what they've done that hasn't worked and let's try again. And Yeah. We've seen with TV, yeah, Star Wars is doing great. Like the Mandalorians, an amazing achievement. Like, and you, from what I can tell, universally loved. Who like who doesn't love that show? Um, how dare you? So, turn off this podcast right now if you don't like that show. Yeah. But um, like movie wise, I think every single Star Wars fan is going to have their guard up. Be it somebody who loved all of the sequel trilogy, be it somebody that only liked The Last Jedi, being somebody who thought The Last Jedi was a disgrace because of how they treated Luke Skywalker, being somebody who was a Raylo, being somebody who was repulsed by the fact that you'd even think about putting them together. You know, I think every single segment of Star Wars fandom, right or wrong, are all going to have their guard up. And this is the challenge that Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm are going to have of... You can't please everyone. No. But stop trying to. Yeah, stop trying to. But also be be concise and clear with what you are going to do. Yeah. Because I felt with the sequel trilogy, I know we're going over a thing, but this whole plan of three different directors, three different writers. It wasn't a plan. That's yeah, not a plan. Like I've no problem in a way with three different directors because you sort of get, okay, it's a long, hard process to direct and then make the film and, you know, having, yep, them maybe as co-writers, okay, but maybe they should have hired Lawrence Kasdan to be the writer or the head writer for all three Mm. so that there would be far more of a consistent story arc and the individual directors can come on and have an influence and and do things but have that one sort of voice in the room because let's face it the original trilogy yes there's some inconsistencies there Luke and Leia (laughs) but overall it was George's story Mm. and he you know, was the con- the consistent voice in the room. Prequel trilogy, that was all George. And so there are problems there, but it's consistent. Mm. We, we can't not say that. So I think it is a shame is, I don't know. But, yeah, it needed that one voice in the room for all three. And I don't mind having... Some different, you know, different people coming in and out and having an influence, but you need something consistent. And if that was Lawrence Kasdan, who was co-writing Force Awakens, then you know maybe keep him on. Catherine, I've I've heard a lot of people go they want Star Wars in the cinemas and Star Wars movies to be kept special, hmm. but the reality is they're not going to be kept special. Like, it's owned by Disney. They're going to be churning them out. It, it is what it is. How many Marvel movies did you say have now been released? 23, was it? Yeah, 23. Okay. So, on February 12th this year, I turned 42. I don't have enough years left 
for them to be mucking around <laughs> with the formula of Star Wars <laughs> movies and making me wait five or six years between movies. Yeah. I want 23 movies <laughs> in, <laughs> in about 12 or 13 years. I need them to inject as much content in as possible. And if you go, it's going to be too much. Think about how much Mandalorian we've just had. We've had hmm. a f- quite a few movies worth of Mandalorian over the, the in one year, like from yeah. December to December. So don't tell me they can't do it. I don't care about your precious little feelings of wanting these <laughs> movies to be spaced out so you could have some magical fantasy back to when you were four and the movies were awesome. I don't care. I need as much <laughs> of it as humanly possible now if possible. And, and there are going to be a few clunkers in there. Yes, mm. like it's what it's what's going to happen. Like, uh, how could you not see Wonder Woman and see the name Patty Jenkins and then see Rogue Squadron and see the name Patty Jenkins and start <laughs> to panic a little? But I also give her the pass because Patty Jenkins also did the first Wonder Woman, which I really liked. Yeah, you know, and everybody's entitled to a bad movie. I've had one or two bad podcasts in ten seasons, <laughs> uh, um, so I'll, I'll allow it. But um, yeah, I I would love Star Wars to have the success that Marvel has had, and it has. But I mean, modern yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the build up to a Star Wars film. I like the event feeling. Mm. Um, so I don't know if I'm wanting, you know, a couple a year because it takes away that specialness. I, I guess because the way, yeah, it's built up for me. I mean, Chris is looking at me and on the wall behind me are my framed midnight premiere posters by Hugh Fleming, um, which finally got up on the wall because I hired someone to come and help me. <laughs> Um, hey, I, I am all for that. I have told this story before. I, in my collection room, I have the glass IKEA Detoff cabinets, and yep. I hired a no real, I had a I hired a real man to come over and build them for me. <laughs> and I went into the lounge room and I went and watched a movie or two, and I came back in and I had built Detoffs and I handed him money, and <laughs> he left and looked disgusted at me as he left. But I was like, just take the money and go. And I had my cabinets, but I am not a builder. I am not a handyman. It's not my thing. Yep. Yeah, I've got the glass cabinets out in my lounge. The beauty of living alone is that things can spread. Mm. Um, filled with itty bitties, and of course, the shelf dedicated to Cassian. Oh uh, well, Thanks. Catherine, I've yes. I've been looking forward to Cassian. I'm all about like I'm hoping to get a bit of Jimmy Smith's in there. Yeah. But I was definitely excited about Alan Tudyk's K two S O. But it appears he's out. What what's going on? The what's going on with so, your boys? Ah, uh, so. From what I've heard and what Alan Tudyk has said is that it sounds like, okay, maybe not the first season, Mm. that he's sort of saying, yeah, they couldn't quite fit me in for the first season. I I mean, I I sort of get that in that maybe we're we're starting a fair way away from, um, from Rogue One and we're more building building up Andor's character, I don't know. 
Were you surprised? That, were you surprised to hear the talk of seasons? Of course not, because I'm all about Cassian and or. Um, this has been the thing for the moment that that you know Kevin Feige, or not Kevin Feige, um, Bobby I did that phone call. Mm. And dropped that there was going to be a Cassian Andor show, and my phone just lit up with notifications. <laughs> it was a mad, mad day. But then there's been so many naysayers saying, "Oh, I'm hearing that there's problems. Oh, that one might not get ahead. Or oh, the troubled Cassian Andor production." It's been no, just stay positive it will happen then it was announced at d23 and it was confirmed more at celebration um i i i'm not concerned i think there is huge scope there with with cassie and andor because obviously there's a chunk of time we can talk about we can also talk a lot about it doesn't have to just be on him. I mean, obviously, like I it, want it can be about Jimmy hours. too. Yeah, I I want more about how did the rebellion form or what's going on with the rebellion because that's the interesting little snippets mm. you get in Rogue One in that it's an alliance of different cells. It's an alliance of different people who have who are rebelling against the Empire who have decided, okay, we're going to work together, and they don't always have common goals or common methods. That's why Saul Guerrera isn't with the Alliance because he was too extreme. So are we, are we going to get more with Saul Guerrera? Mm. Because, you know, Cassian Andor seems very familiar with who he is and his methods and obviously he's got an um, informant in Saul Guerrera's camp, um, Tivik. Um, and I hope, um, yeah, I that better be his name. Um, and so I hope we see a lot more of that relationship so that it's then got that backwards payoff of when Andor shoots him in the back in that opening mm. bit of Rogue One. Um, and I think we could also, I would love to see some parts from the Empire side to see what what are they hearing about the rebellion or are there starting to be reports of insurrectionists or um, or things happening that at first get dismissed but they are slowly going, oh, there's something happening, there is a rebellion happening. And so you think about the imperial intelligence who are, I think they they've usually have the white uniforms on. Um, so could Krennic get involved because obviously – He's got plans that they want to protect. And, yes, I want Mendo in there, not just for Emily but for myself as well. Mm. Um, he was a great character. Yeah. I think there's huge scope there and and or you know, Cassian is our gateway character, if you like. And it could be a focus on him going through, you know, his life to how he – became a part of the rebellion, reflecting back because we know he was, he's been in this fight since he was six years old. Um, you know, what's happened? And it's so interesting. And you think 
there's a lot of shows out there that start with one character as a focus but then widen that view and I think we could get that. I mean definitely Mon Mothma and Space Jimmy Smith, I want to see them look, for sure. Look, we've, and we've got to remember we've seen when we were heading into The Mandalorian, if you, if you had have said to any of us what it would become in season two and how yeah. – like it, we're getting shows about – like, just think, the last shot, the last couple of shots of season two were a baby Yoda being handed over to Luke Skywalker. And yeah. then in Jabba's palace, Boba Fett sits down in the throne <laughs> after shooting Bib Fortuna on a show called The Mandalorian that was about <laughs> The Mandalorian. Yeah. That we saw. So, it, like, to say that we know where Andor is going to go and in fact, in the short video thing that we saw where they were building all the creatures and stuff like that, it actually yeah. seemed quite big to me, what, yes. you know, in what they were doing and showing. And, look, I don't know a lot about the process of making TV shows, but it, it, I don't think they're going to um, half-ass it in this. No. I think they're, they're going to give it a go. And I've, I've full confidence. I was Look, I was bummed because I really liked K2 as a character. But I can also understand that it's hard having that droid there the whole time with Cassian. Yes. It's expensive. And how do you manoeuvre him around for Cassian to do more? Do you constantly leave him on the ship? You know, are you constantly leaving him on the base, sort of like, you know, leaving R2 and C-3PO behind? Um, You know, what do you do? Yeah, it's, you know, so he can be easily used later on or he could just be, you know, outright, outright lying. There's there's actors who've, who've done that. Absolutely. Um, so we get that surprise. Or we might get their battle um, yeah. of Cassie and taking him down and reprogramming him. Um, yeah. But I've... You know, he might have a different voice before he's reprogrammed. You never know. But I've got a, I've, while we're on Catherine Neen's loves and wants, I've got a I've got a question for you, Catherine. In I hang out with a lot of smelly boys on my podcast, and we all grew up very very much the same. But you grew up in a in a different world for me. In that when I was a little boy, and I'd go into a toy store, there'd be a glowing pink radiant light coming from an aisle or two in that toy store. And you could never head down there because no self-respecting little boy, particularly in West Heidelberg, would want to be seen in the girls' toy section because, number one, you could be in for a beating at at school. But just number two, you didn't want a potential risk of girl germs. So now that I get to speak to somebody that suffered the terrible fate of girl germs herself as a young girl... Explain to me, Catherine, like what were Christmases and birthdays like for you when you were a kid? Like what were your favourite toys and like what are some of your fond gift memories as a young girl? Um, I did receive a number of Barbies growing so up. you were a Barbie and girl? Then, yep, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. 
Life in Plastic is fantastic. You know that song's filthy, Catherine. How dare you? <laughs> now look who's bringing the filth to that geek pod. You think it's going to be me? And it's Catherine bringing up filthy, filthy songs. <laughs> um, yep. So I had a lot of Barbies. Did you have a particular got- Barbie? Like was it cre- Peaches and Cream Barbie? Was it Barbie and the Rockers? Like was there... <gasps> Barbie and the Rockers. Um, no, because I, I was one that was always using my Barbies to make up other stories. Okay. So, yeah, I ended up with a number of Barbies. So then I would, you know, in my room, make up these very elaborate, very soap opera-y, <laughs> you know, kind of intricate stories with betrayal and <laughs> and and everything and it would go for days this this pretend story with my barbies and i'd act it all like out saga. and yeah absolute the sagas i built in my in my room you know <laughs> it was yeah that's and that's how i played with barbies it wasn't just dressing them up and going la 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 it was yeah, full on. You created stories. Full stories. Yeah, no, I, I I love that. Like, cause that's how I played with toys. In they didn't even necessarily have to be the same line of toys. Like it would it would be a menagerie of um, different creatures. You know, I I had a snaggletooth piloting a junkyard dog wrestler figure that. <laughs> was apparently like a Voltron style robot that would fly around. Like it was ridiculous. Um like I wanted the Voltron so bad. Um yeah, I've I've got all the vintage Voltron. Um <laughs> did you did you have gem or anything like that? No. Yeah. No. What you're not a fan of gem? Like you were singing happily singing Barbie and the Rockers. Barbie and the yeah. Rockers was a, a terrible corporate tactic by had by Mattel to take down poor Jem that was that was getting attention. Yeah, I was real Barbie mm. or not. No, okay, like right. nah, no, none none of me. your knockoff Barbies. Yeah, no. Oh, I, you don't want um, what was um, who was a knockoff Barbie? I remember like, oh, I've got a terrible story to tell. Did you have any Cabbage Patch kids? Yes. Yeah. yeah um. At the time, we were living in America and it was during the craze. Oh, you were living in America? Yeah. Um, my dad worked for Hewlett Packard for a little while. Wow. You, yeah, like you would so. have been the coolest kid on the planet. Like you would have seen toys that in Australia would have sound like a, a myth. Like. <laughs> oh, I wish. But dad, he, you know, went on some kind of business flight and he came back with a Cabbage Patch doll for my sister and I, mm. like a girl, and there was a boy, and I think he had to fight a bit to get them, and he came walking off the plane <laughs> with the two Cabbage Patch dolls for my sister and I. That was my memory. Um, yeah, because if you watch, like, documentaries on toys and stuff in the 80s yeah. like it was crazy the cabbage patch doll craze the reason i ask is i've got a terrible memory i would have been in grade one or two and um a poor girl's cabbage patch doll had been taken from her and <gasps> some boys were passing the cabbage patch dolls back and forth bet- between oh. each other and 
I walk in and I hear a, hey, Chris, and I turn around and they throw the doll to me and it lands in my arms and the head comes off. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) And I got hauled into the principal's office and was was like, why were you, like, all three boys, like, we all got dragged in there. And it was like, you have broken this girl's doll and this is going to have to be replaced. And I just remember thinking, my parents are going to freak that they're going to have to pay like for a girl's cabbage patch doll. And like the look on this girl's face when this doll broke was like sheer Mm. horror. It was like the poor thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was kind of amazing. Like those sort of toy crazes, I guess we see that now with, like your PlayStation type of thing. Mm. It's the only sort of comparable thing. Yeah, well, nobody could get them. So did you ever have something that you really wanted at Christmas or your birthday that you never got? I'm trying to think. Uh, Star Wars toys? Yeah, I was going to ask, did you have Star Wars toys? No. Mm. My um, my brother had the Kenner toys. Yeah. Yeah, my mum got rid of them. <sighs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, the only sort of Star Wars thing I had from memory is this really niche piece of marketing. It would have been from the Ewok cartoon, mm. but it was like this great big plastic bag thing that you hung on the back of a door mm. like that you put dirty washing in. Oh, how much would you kill for that now? Ah yes, like, I, 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 I just love, want to find a picture yeah, of it. I love stuff I, like that, so I would, I would adore something like that. Yeah, honestly, if I could even track down a picture of it, mm. that would leave it, be a thrill. Leave that with me, I'll hunt. I'll hunt down some avenues <laughs> to see what I can find with that. Um, but yeah, because I recently obtained a Mister Frosty which was something I always wanted as a kid. And it was, for those that don't know, it's like a snowman with a little circle in it. And the circle had sort of blades and you'd push down ice cubes and turn it and it would shave the ice and you'd pour flavouring on it. It would no doubt taste terrible. But (laughs) like what, like the age of dollar Slurpees and frozen Cokes and stuff, that wasn't a thing when we were kids. Like if you got a Slurpee, it was a real treat. So the idea that you could make something at home was like so exciting. Mm-hmm. And I'd see that Mr. Frosty ad all the time. And I was like, oh, I'd kill for a Mr. Frosty. So I'd always ask for a Mr. Frosty and um, just never happened. The other one I really wanted, which I will strike off my list, is I always wanted a glow worm. And <gasps> I've got a glow worm. You've got a glow worm, like an old school glow worm. Yep. Lucky duck. Like, I wanted a glowworm so bad. I was terrified of the dark. I Glowworms, like, just look so cool. I'd see the ad and the little kid would be sleeping peaceful with the glowworm and it was like, that's the sleep I want. And my dad was like, you can't have that. That's a girl's toy. And oh. I was like, I, I want a glowworm. And he was like, no, it's for girls. You can't have a girl's toy. And ended up giving me... A bed, a, an old bedside lamp that mum and dad had that was pink. 
I was like, how, how can you tell me I can't have it? No, one of my favorite wrestlers also wore pink on his wrestling gear. Um, dad, dad scarred me with that. But yeah, I, so how many siblings do you have? So I've got an older brother and an older sister. Okay. So obviously you inherit toys. Yeah. So I sort of end up with, you know, the empire of toys. <laughs> so our Fisher-Price collection like the old school Fisher Price, like the Sesame Street mm. Hospital, um, the car park, uh, like these, and they're still in quite good condition. The car park now, the ramp down, is is broken because it's Ancient. a lot of years old. Yep. A lot of years old. Um, Western Town, I had Western Town, but yeah, the the Fisher Price old, the old school Fisher Price. It's just the best. And when we're in America, um, a friend of the family lent us a Fisher-Price castle and that was the best. So, yeah, a a castle with like little Fisher-Price dragons and knights. And so when we got back to Australia, I was like, can I have a Fisher-Price castle? Mm. That's that's what I wanted. And I think mum did look, but by that stage, you know, Fisher-Price weren't making them anymore. Um, but, you know, I was pretty lucky, you know, when we went to Legoland in Denmark, Dad wasn't going to buy us anything. Mm. And Mum put a foot down and go and said, no, you are buying the children some Lego, <laughs> wearing Legoland, yeah. you are buying them the, something. The home of Lego. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up with a Fabuland mm. um, and I, I got, I think, couple of books and I think one more a few more little bits of Fabuland things but they they didn't last very very long when you consider the life of Lego um because yeah, Lego yeah like a Lego house you'd think would last longer than a bricks and mortar house um, <laughs> um but yeah I like uh, me paying somebody to build cabinets same as Lego I was hard but Lego was expensive um, yeah. so like I, I certainly didn't have a ton of Lego. I think the first Lego I actually ever got was I won a science contest in year seven and got a Lego set as part of, yeah. part of the science contest. But yeah, um, I, I love hearing other people's childhoods and what <laughs> they get because it's so interesting and so different because sometimes I'll bring up stuff that you haven't thought about. Um, yeah. So like you moved around a lot when you were young? Uh, no, but well, sort of. So, um, so mum and dad started here in Melbourne and then they lived in America for a little while while dad was working for HP the first time. Then they came back when mum was pregnant with me, um, stayed here, then went back and we traveled. Obviously we did some traveling before dad started his job and and then afterwards and then yeah came came back here and mum's family's up in Queensland so we'd go on road trips quite a bit um we would fly sometimes but people don't understand how expensive flying was in the 80s and we're talking up to Cairns yeah like Like, so for those yeah very bit younger and uh, Aussies that are listening like budget airlines like the airline wars sort of started when virgin 
came in, I think. Um, Compass. Oh, Compass, thank you. Yeah, see? Yeah. Excellent pull there, Catherine. I, Compass was not in yeah. there at all. But, yeah. We were an ANSET family. Yeah. So I, I didn't get on a plane until I was 13 years old, I think, 12 or 13. Like, we just couldn't afford it. Yeah. And we won a competition, and that's how Dad was able to take me up to Movie World. Yeah. Um, oh. But, it like, you're talking hundreds of dollars, like, more than it costs to fly now. Then, oh. so I, like yeah. we had Hawes Burke out here from Blue Harvest do the inflation calculator. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it really was expensive to fly. You couldn't, yeah, you, like it was an event if you got to get on yeah. a plane. Um, and and I have distinct memories of us flying up to Cairns, Melbourne, Sydney. So, stopping Sydney, yeah. stopping Brisbane, stopping Townsville, stopping Cairns. Oh, yuck, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like you're talking to somebody that refuses to have a layover going to America. Um, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't work for me. I have to do that Qantas, what is it, QF93 or whatever it is, where yeah. I'm going direct from Melbourne to LA. Um, yeah, it's – no, that's interesting. Like in Melbourne, like were you in the north, east, west or south? Like where'd you go up? Oh, south. Okay. Um, south. No, like southeast. Yeah. Different worlds. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's it's just always interesting hearing people's different experiences or how they viewed Melbourne, like how you would have viewed Melbourne in the southeast compared to how I mm. viewed Melbourne in the north. Completely different. You know, like the yeah. city was a fifteen-minute cab ride um, when I was eighteen. No wonder I drank so much. <laughs> <laughs> Heading out and um, doing all of that, where for you, you know, it's probably a pain to get into the city to do anything. Yeah, yeah. So on the train, it's you know thirty-five minutes, mm. good run. Yep. You know, yesterday it was an hour getting home. Yep. Yep. Great. Um, <laughs> But, and, you know, growing up, I remember to see a movie, we'd have to, yeah, go into the city or drive to Frankston. Oh, wow. Yep. The Frankston yeah. Twin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I was walking around the city a little bit yesterday going, oh, yeah, that's where cinemas used to be there and there. That's where Greater Union was and all gone. I, I, I haven't been to the city but hardly at all, but last year on the school holidays, I took my two kids, or two of my kids, into the city. I took them on a train ride, and it just didn't feel like the city I grew up with. It was like none of the pop culture stores are where they used to be. You know, yeah. well, I know Minotaur's been where it is now for forever, but it used to be on <laughs> it used to be on Burke Street. Burke Street, um, yeah. You know, you'd have the Hoyts up further. You had the Village. You know, the Maccas is gone. I even think like there's no yeah. actual real reason to go to Burke Street anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like because there's sort of ta- there's Target. Like people that aren't in Melbourne don't know or care what we're talking about, but <laughs> sort of like up from but from sort of where the Burke Street Mall is up to Parliament House, there used to be so much to look at and do. Um, yeah, and there'd be Johnny Rocker's um, Burger Place, like there'd be all these different places, and it's all gone now. Um, yeah, you sort of you need to be on the other side of the Burke Street Mall. That's where Minotaur and All Star Comics and stuff like that are now, yeah. and JB Hi-Fi. So it's 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 very different. Old man me is like, well, I'm not going into there anymore. That's not that's not what I'm used to. Um, and uh, yeah, even like Northland, 
which was the shopping center that I live five minutes from, that is so much different and so bigger than what it used to be. Um, nothing compared yeah. to what you live near. Um, that's like, that's <laughs> Southland. Yeah, ginormous. Uh, yeah, and it didn't used to be that big. <laughs> Nowhere near. But I find I don't like shopping centers anymore because there's no Toys R Us's anymore. I know Southland didn't have a Toys R Us. It must have had World for Kids. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I find just shopping centers aren't as fun without Toys R Us. But all I used to do was complain about Toys R Us. But <laughs> but now that it's got, like, the idea that you can't walk into a toy store the size of a supermarket bums me out. Um, yeah. Because it was so much – even if you didn't want to buy anything, I always popped my head in just to see what was there. And Catherine and I both collected itty-bitties, and you can't get them anymore. No. Um, do you no. import them? And um, – I've had, you know, a friend buy them in America and ship them out, um, but it, it's just getting a bit ridiculous. It's like Hallmark. Why aren't you making these available for sale? Mm. Like you're not selling them through the stores here now, so just make them available for sale through your website. But in saying that, it was like, well, this artificial stop has meant I've stopped buying everything when it came to itty bitty so is that a good thing but then I see the Grogu the baby Yoda itty bitty I go oh (laughs) want yeah I I'm look you're talking to the worst but I'm only going to encourage you to go you have to import (laughs) that and buy that immediately Uh, you're losing money not buying it um but the, the problem the problem is if stuff's not made available to Australia the buying it on eBay like shipping and GST and stuff just makes it brutal. Like an itty-bitty may cost $25 USD shipping. Like yeah. um, that's guessing. Like I haven't looked, but, you know, I just know what action figures and stuff cost and it's ludicrous. Um, and Well, yeah, yeah like for, for celebration, like I had a, my friend in Houston buy up quite a bit of and she was just holding it for me until I got there to visit her and I could, packeting and then she took me to a hallmark store and i bought some more um yeah so i could just have it in my suitcase rather than ship it because it's it's insane and well it's that thing of i I was looking on the internet for a gift for steel and i found these star wars scrunchies like oh thank thank you (laughs) you know like okay they're like was it 13 dollars for for three i'm like they're quite cute. I'd wear them quite happily. But then shipping would, was it was like getting over 50 bucks Australian <laughs> for the whole thing. And I'm like, no, for just a silly little little scrunchies. Catherine, nah. a good friend of ours, I sent her a sort of slash birthday slash Christmas gift and I yeah. went into – the company I work for and <laughs> I I placed it down and I said I'd like to send this please and it was $83 to ship yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just I didn't think I just put my I tapped my card on the thing and I just walked out and I was like that's what it costs to ship is what it's cost yep. to ship I'm just gonna let that go and it's I'm sending the gift and that's it. And any other friends I have in America just aren't getting gifts. Like that's just shipping yeah. is too much. I'd, I'd get everybody a gift. I, I love Christmas. Um, I love giving people gifts. I love all of that. But shipping is just insanity. 
um, yeah. and from America to here as well. Like it's, uh, but yeah, that one horrified me. <laughs> I was like, it was like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, but it's, I, you know, like I'm, we choose to do it. Like I know I'm going to get a DM now going, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it's like, shush. Um, I, I chose to do that. But um, huh. yeah, it's, and that's why Amazon is a bit of a game changer with Prime where you can subscribe and if it's over $49, it's free. Um, yeah. I don't know how they do it. Like it's, it's like. But, we probably don't no, want to know. Say they've got a they've got a monopoly on everything, but yeah. But you definitely need to buy those itty bitties, Catherine. I won't like. <laughs> I need you to get off this call and <laughs> get on there and buy them immediately because you don't want to miss out. But like, so how often do they bring them out? Like, do do they do like a wave sort of like every three or four months? So you bring out five. I, yeah, I think it, it's that sort of thing. Um, and it was. It was it's just really hard to track in Australia. Even when they were available, it was just very hard to track mm. in Australia because you wouldn't consistently see them. And yeah, then they've just and then they clearly them out for a dollar, like or fifty cents even, um, like the yeah. last few. Um, and it was like I was paying ten dollars for these things. But yeah. the the other the final question I'll I'll leave you alone. <laughs> Final question I have to ask as somebody who suffers from a terrible RDS, which is Reginald Dwight syndrome, which is compulsive spending, is Andor comes out. Um, and, and let's just get this straight. We need to ship you in Cassian. Your couple name is Candor. Um, <laughs> so you are officially Candor. Um, but Andor comes out much like we're not going to see like Andor stuff everywhere like we have seen with Grogu. But let's just say Zing have seven Andor t-shirts. Just say we get a wave of figures. Let's say let's say we get a few things. Are you in on everything? I have four Cassian Black series. Okay, so you're in on everything. I mean, there's um, you know other figures I have doubles of, like even the pops. There's one I have like a few doubles of, um, and they've been a bit of a, a hunt, like yeah, an Amazon hunt. Like so, the vintage figure of Cassie and I, you know, I've got two, one in the packaging, one out of packaging, of course, of course. and. Um, yeah, the the three quarter inch. Yeah, two of that. Yeah, four black series. Um, some of the big ones. They didn't have enough. They didn't bring out very much when he's got the brown jacket on. But I've got what I can. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all in. I mean, obviously the reject shop. You know, Chapman Cheapies mm. did me well in getting multiples of some things. But um, yeah, I'm I'm a sucker. He's he's my guy. You've got a you've got a guy. Yep. yep there, there's nothing wrong with that. Hashtag Candor. <laughs> <laughs> um, is is Diego Luna on cameo? I think we should all chip in. No. <laughs> we should, no. We should all chip in and try and get Diego Luna 
to um, do a cameo for <laughs> Catherine, hashtag Candor. Um, and hopefully, look, we'll see about celebration next year. Uh, if there is a celebration in the next two years, hopefully um, he's there. Yes. Do you pay for the yes. photo opportunity? Um, this is the thing. I am so nervous and so overwhelmed. You know, like I get tongue-tied even seeing like steel in person and I, how many times have, have I met him? And that's him? terrible. Like, like <laughs> you should not get <laughs> tongue-tied and nervous around the colonel. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how I'm going to cope, mm. but um, you have to do. I it. think I'd kick myself if if I didn't go all in, mm. because again, I th- I think about Steele and his story of, you know, umming and ahhing about the meet and greet or photo with Mark Hamill, and then deciding yes he'll do it, and then Mark Hamill not being there. That story haunts me. So. I will, I will say this to you. I have always been someone with celebrities. Like I've met a million wrestlers, so I've met many heroes. Yeah. Uh, but trust me, a lot of them aren't heroes. Um, but with celebrities, I've never understood the Supernova or Oz Comic Con going there and doing that. And yeah. before everything went to hell, um, I got invited to speak at a panel at Supernova. And while I was there, Kevin Eastman, who created the Ninja Turtles, was there doing a signing and doing photos. And I thought, I'm not going to do it. Like, that's just silly. Like, mm-hmm. And I did it. I just paid for it. I was like, I'm in there. Like, I'm a guest. Like, I don't have to pay to go into this thing. Like, what am I doing? Like, I, I'm just going to do it. And I loved it. Like, I know yeah. like it's only two seconds. Like, you're in there. you shaking hands or fist bumping in COVID, uh, you know, um, and I just got to tell him how much I appreciated, like, his work and, you know, they've meant a lot to me yeah. growing up. And he was, like, super cool and we got a photo, which I love, uh, which is unusual because I hate myself in photos. Um, mm. And it's actually one of my fonder memories. So I'm glad I did it and I understand you're nervous. Um, I felt... I. I know it sounds silly. I almost felt embarrassed. Like here I am queuing up. Like I'm there. Who I yeah. am queuing up with these nuffies. Um, look at them. And it's like, I'm a nuffie. Like, I, like I, 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 I'm a complete geek, a complete nerd. You know, these are my people. This is what I do. This is what I'm into. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. This person means a lot to me. And this will mean a lot to me. So I think you would be crazy. Like I thought Hawes was crazy when I first went on Blue Harvest. I was begging him to get a photo with Mark Hamill and he just went for the, the autograph because yeah. to me an autograph is something you can buy on eBay where a photo with yeah. you and that person, uh, that can't, like, sure, you can be photoshopped, but, you know, I mean, it, can't yeah. be, it can't be replicated. I think you would be crazy, Catherine. So I am declaring yes. it, hashtag Candor, <laughs> that you must, and if friends that are listening to this, you must lift Karen, oh, Karen. Catherine up, uh, I'm tired. You must lift Catherine up and make sure that she gets into that line and make sure that she does it. And it doesn't matter that she'll be crying and there'll be a booger bubble out of her nose. (laughs) 
and oh. everything that'll happen. Just tell her to wipe and it'll be fine and get the photo and you will be so happy that you did it. Yeah. Like, And he will be cool because yeah. um, he just seems like a really nice guy and I think you have to do it. You cannot yeah. give up the opportunity to do it. Um, no. And, yeah, you'll be, you'll be spewing. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know I have to do it because this is the thing that you kick yourself more for not taking up those opportunities. You know, mind you, like thinking back to hey, hey, I used to run out of the room with embarrassment with the red with the red faces axe. I couldn't stand it. I, I, I ran out like I would literally run or just run around the room yeah. because I was embarrassed. Um so I'm yeah, I'll, I'll be a puddle, so I'll need a support system. But you know, as as I've said, I think it it could be a pay per view event. Watching me meet Diego, uh, I, I think people would sup- subscribe and want to see that. Uh, I, look, I think like the one thing, and I'll, I'll try not to make you feel awkward. The the one thing I always say about you is you are pure positivity in our fandom in geekdom. And when I think of you, I smile because it's like you are like there's 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 nothing about you that makes me number one no. a skeptic, and number two go she's not genuine about what she's talking about. So I think that's people over think about this. This is how weird podcasting is, Catherine. People overseas think those very same thoughts about you. You know, like, which is amazing. And, like, trust me, a lot of them have very different thoughts about me. So you, we've got a yin and yang on that big pod. Um, but, you know, you are a really positive person and I think you're going to have nothing but support of people. And people will want to see you meet him because yeah. they like you and they want you to be happy. <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah, like, there are people that are liked that I still... I'll get the odd DM and people will bitch them out or, or tell me, oh, this person's not that, really not that nice if you got to know them. You, 100% pure. Oh. It's it's terrible. Um, it, <laughs> um, it makes me, it may, as, a, as one of the great villains in our community, it, it's a terrible thing. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I wish I could be viewed that way, but I can't help but be a dick <laughs> every chance I get. Um, but like I, I always say thank you to you when I had no one to hang out with at the Dan Golding panel at the um, Acme Theatre in Melbourne and yeah. I came up to you and we hadn't really interacted too much and I said, hey, do you mind yeah. if I come sit next to you because I've got no one to sit next to? And you had some giant guy with you. Um, yeah. And, and you were like, you were like, so welcoming and fine and yeah. and it was like I wouldn't be like that. Like if somebody randomly came up to me, I'd be all awkward of like why is somebody talking to me? <laughs> I'd get freaked out and run away. And you could have done that. You know, like you could have just been a bit odd or weird or uncomfortable and you weren't. And that's why I go, that's real. Yeah. Thank you. I think, oh, thanks, Chris, being full on. But I think. This is what Star Wars has meant to me, like beyond the the merch, you know, beyond the products and the fandom stuff is 
you know, I I went to those first Steel Wars live shows and, you know, there was a bunch of us stood there in the line, face down, you know, in our phones, not talking to each other because we're all a bit shy and nervous, a bit quiet. By the last week, we were recognising each other and saying hi. Some of those people are my closest friends today. You know, um, and I've gotten to know yourself, people like Emily and all these other people who I consider incredibly close friends. And, and yes, Star Wars is what first gave us that connection, but it's been a big... Uh, look, my mum loves steel. She doesn't li- listen to Steel Wars. Mm. She doesn't listen to Green Guide Letters. But she loves Steel because I went along to his live podcast and Steel was always welcoming and and built a little community that was always welcoming. And I would always want our community to be that. Um Steel, Mum did meet Steel once here at my house. She, you know, Steel was dropping um, some t-shirts off, and she said Steel was a very nice boy. <laughs> oh, he, he got he got the colonel got the thumbs up. Yeah, I I say like Steel sort of, and you know I think it's grown beyond and into something else with what he's trying to yeah. cultivate with YouTube and everything like that. But like from a local level here in Melbourne. He yeah. he formed a group and like there were probably a couple of different groups, you know, like there was like the you and Josh and Andy side of things, like there's the Geek Dude side of thing, which is me, Mitch and Jonesy. Yeah. I mean there's probably another side of things, but um the everybody sort of merged together um in Steel's yeah. absence. Um um, you know, we're the kingpins now. Uh, <laughs> um, but even but even him going overseas and sort of, you know, through him getting to know Hawes and Jesse and yeah. know, getting to know Emily and, you know, the motivators and the Sithless crew and stuff. And yeah. it, like you could, you could go by yourself, Catherine, to a celebration and yeah. not feel lonely. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool. It it was amazing. So that you know, day before celebration started, um, we all got to Chicago, like Josh and Andy and Steph and and Turbo, sort of different times. We met at the house, and then we walked up to the Bad Motivators house um, because we were only like a ten minute walk, and then we texted them, and Emily like ran to the door and opened the door. And there was Emily and we're hugging each other and meeting each other for the first time and there were all our friends and I was, you know, sitting around and chatting, chatting. I was like, hang on, you're King Tom. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I do worry because there's always talk of some of us going over for celebration and it's like everybody's so nice and so pleasant. And it's like if anybody listened to the last Geek Dudes, they would have heard Jules and my stories. And it's like they're the ones we felt we could tell on a podcast. It's like trouble's coming. Um, 
no, nothing but nothing but troubles coming because there's the Aussies who everybody talks about the Aussies. I'll be, you know, I hear Brit, oh, the Aussies are so nice, you know, Catherine and Andy and Steph and Josh. But then if the other Aussies come, it's a it's a it's a problem. <laughs> um, not in a bad way. Like we're we're trouble though. Um, yeah. But it's like in in the world when you could travel, yeah. you'd always find Australians. Oh. And do you what? There's a few different groups of Australians. <laughs> yeah, like the, there's a the type of Australians that sort of commandeer the famous Rainbow Room <laughs> for a night <laughs> and not get kicked out. Um, where in Australia we would have been kicked out within five minutes, and there we were encouraged. Um, maybe it's the accent that sort of um, lets you go. But yeah, I look. I, I think. I think there's there's a it's easy to forget that there's a lot of good in our community. Um yeah. and it's you know we see you know because of Twitter and stuff and it's not Twitter's fault. We we hear a lot of the negativity and it's easy to get down because of it. But you know yeah. but me chatting to Catherine it's like it's like so easy to talk to Catherine like it's you know, or if, you know, I talk to an Emily or if I talk to Hawes and Jesse or, you know, if I talk to anybody like that and it's so easy, it's like, don't forget, most of it's really good, you know, it's yeah. just, and I know we're trying to shout, sh- shout down and drown out the bad and that's important, but um, also don't get too down. Like if, if it's too much, take a break from it, but for the most part, the benefits f- far outweigh the negativity from it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we'll wrap it up soon, but behind Fresh is a, a portrait of the Ninja Turtles. And I, I've i had my mother on a mission for a little while to go through photo albums because at one stage I did ballet growing up in classical and jazz and at one of our concerts as jazz ballet, I was a ninja turtle. <laughs> really, in in ballet? Yes, yes. That is awesome. Yeah. Um. So I want a photo because I can't remember which one I was. Mm. How dare you? Um, I'd remember. I'd remember I that. <laughs> that is cute. So, but, like, did you have to play? Did you just wear the the band and you were in a green um, suit or? Yeah, so we're probably in like a green. Again, this is why I want yeah, a photo of it. Photos, yeah. Um, like yeah, a green outfit. I think we would have had some kind of shell thing and a and a you know thing around our eyes. Um, but yeah, we were just a small little. I had been in a bigger um, ballet school, but she was wanting real ballerinas and I don't have the real ballerina um, body and it got all a bit clicky. So I went, hmm, my friends from school are in this small one. I'll just, and I just want to dance for fun, so I'll move over there and did that. So, yeah, the four of us were Teenage Mutant Ninja that Turtles. That is awesome. Yeah, trust me, through my princess, <laughs> I know all about dance school politics. And, oof, and and there's nothing more torturous than the four hour concert at the end of the year. That is <laughs> that is look I, I will do it as a dad, but my goodness, 
that's uh, like and it's a problem with bigger bigger schools longer concerts four, four yep. kids in the thing short concert <laughs> and they dress as ninja turtles like that's uh, not step ever dresses a ninja turtle i'm very upset that i'm gonna go yell at her about that okay how come you've never been a ninja turtle at a dance <laughs> at a dance concert um but thank you for having me on oh thanks for coming on um yeah it's you know nice long weekend mm. so and school's about to go back soon. Boo. Yeah, I don't, I don't, Boo. I don't envy you. I don't envy you or the kids. Um, but as a parent, I go yes. <laughs> and of course, the weather is just starting to get super hot. Happens every year. Once school goes back, is when it starts to get hot. Yeah. Are you a, a hot person, or you prefer winter? I prefer the summer. Yeah. Um, but obviously, classrooms can be very small, especially when filled with you know twenty teenagers who may have been playing basketball all lunchtime, and then coming and they stink. No, you just spray a bit of Lynx Africa over it. It makes everything better. Oh, oh that's the worst. <laughs> and and they're spraying it like over top of their clothes i'm like dude it's antiperspirant it doesn't work like that like links for like for americans links is like um axe body spray like it's and links africa is like probably the most popular every boy (laughs) has it um no like when you age out from links africa and you stop using it i think a few tradies might still use it but you know but Uh in in high school you'd be sweating and you just spray it on top of it and create a soup of sweat and Lynx Africa. That was not a good combination. Yeah, walking through <laughs> corridors, it's just these wafts of of spray. You're like, and and I've had like asthma attacks from just the spray. It's like, oh good god! I've got to go home because of armpits and body spray. We we've had to put up signs everywhere of. Please do not spray body spray inside as it can set off allergies. Mm. Like it's just, it just got out of hand. That might be something that masks could help. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to wear a mask. So um... Um, they haven't said precisely what the rules are, but I would say that in classrooms we We'd probably have to, except when I'm giving direct instructions because I'm at the front of the classroom a bit away mm. and you need the voice to be nice and clear. But then, yeah, everyone else in a mask and then when I'm walking around in a mask. There's um, something wrong with me. At work, when I'm, I'm the boss at work, when mm. I need to hear people, I pull my mask down. <laughs> like, they look at me like... How is that helping? I don't know why it helps, but for some reason me pulling my mask down helps me hear other people. I, I like, you know, s- screw my eyes up, like to look, to hear better. Yeah. It's like I sometimes have to turn the radio down to be able to like reverse or turn in the car and stuff. Like yeah. it's, it's a weird old person coordination thing I suffer from. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, yeah. I, I've got to reverse this line of thinking. I've made myself sound ancient on this podcast. <laughs> I'm only a youthful 41. Yep. Yeah, it's it's rough. Like, 
this is the thing, yeah, we were talking about Star Wars before, thinking, well, when are they going to come out with new movies and how old am I going to be? And it's like, oh, God. Don't it's... think about it. Yeah, don't think about it. Let's reverse time. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, by the time he'll be upset that I said this, by the time the next Star Wars movie comes out, my co-host Mitch on Geek Dudes will be 50. It's like, dude, <laughs> 50. Yeah. I can't I'm friends with somebody that old. It's not right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm hitting that time, yeah, when there's significant anniversaries and things in my, my friends' mm. lives. It's like, ooh, okay, we've hit this stage. <laughs> That's where we're at, is it? Okay. okay. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so most people would know you, but um, where can people find you? Um, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Chris Fresh, and my podcasts are Geek Dudes, so it's at Geek Dudes, um, and Hey Hey, it's the podcast, which is at Hey Hey Podcast, for those that want to hear three guys talk about <laughs> Hey Hey at Saturday, and who doesn't? You'd be, you'd be surprised yeah. who listens. Sometimes, like Wilbur Wilde will message Jonesy and go, does Daryl know you're doing this? <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, Daryl Daryl's talk, like Daryl was on Three AW once, and the host said, "There's a podcast called Hey Hey, it's a podcast and stuff." And Daryl was like, "Really? <laughs> we didn't get the tap on the shoulder, so <laughs> he hasn't come after us yet." Well, he it was him that put all the episodes up, or a lot of episodes up on yeah, YouTube. It was, it was him, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and no, there's no live studio audience at Hey Hey, it's the podcast. <laughs> no, thank you Catherine you're the best well thank you um so yeah follow me that geek dude <laughs> that geek you, dude jeez Louise <laughs> <laughs> that geek pod on twitter insta and facebook that geek pod will return mm-hmm.